we say so or not he's good is that much better when we join in and celebrate how wonderful it is Hebrews chapter 5 Starting at verse 12, I want to lift a notion for you today. Reminder. This is a reminder sermon. Hebrews 5, 12. I just want to read it for you. Hebrews 5, 12. historical standpoint people don't really know who wrote Hebrew they ascribe it to Paul because of the way it's written <clears throat> it seems to have as they say in theological circles Paulian themes which means it sounds like Paul's voice when he's writing it so most of the time we say Paul wrote Hebrew the writer Verse 12 of chapter 5 is written. Writes these words, and I want to read them for you. By now. That's all. By now. I want to talk about that. By now. All right. By now. I, uh, witnessed something a moment ago I witnessed people caught up Anita Baker said it this way but she was saying it in a secular voice caught up in the rapture of love yeah, yeah. you can be caught up in the rapture of love and then not be have anything to do with sexuality and if you've never had that experience, just full of love and gratitude for the Lord, then I pray that you have that experience at some point because it's a completely different feel. But if you have been on this Christian journey for a while and you've not known that experience, in fact, if you don't seem to have been growing from the time you first came to knew him, to know him, excuse me, to know him, then I would suggest to you that an introspective look into your life is necessary. I mean, you need to look within, find out what's going on with you. If you took a child to the doctor who was of a chronological age of 10, and yet he looked like he was three, the doctor would tell you that that's not healthy. 
The doctor would say, we have a child here who has what's called a failure to thrive. <clears throat> and we need to find out what's going on and we need to give him something, some supplement, something in order to boost his growth. People would be offended. Most folk in this room are adults. If someone even intimated, even alluded to you that you were acting less than mature about something. You have a conversation with them and you say something and, and they say to you, well, that's childish. You would be offended. And perhaps necessarily so. But you would be offended. Because the older we get, there's a certain notion of growth that goes with it. I'm going to step into this place. Some of us have young adults in our family, those who are older than the age of maturity, which in Alabama is 19, and yet by their actions and their choices and decisions sometimes, it doesn't seem like they're really any older than they were when they were 15 years old. They still act about the same in their choices. And so we know that chronological age does not correlate to growth or maturity. And so when a person is telling you that, are they trying to help you or hurt you? When they say that to you, of course we know the tone of voice can lend itself to uh, you being offended because they're really trying to say something to harm you. But I want to take my sanctified mind back to this scripture that Paul wrote when he's talking to the church and he's saying to them in this passage of scripture starts out in verse um, verse 11 he said I got a whole lot to say about this subject <laughs> he said uh, but it's hard to explain to you because you're all so slow to understand yeah that's right that's right Monica said mm -mm. that seemed to take a turn didn't it so we were having a conversation and then you had to go there. And that's when Paul steps in for and he says, by now, you ought to be able to, he said, let me finish the thought he wrote. He said, by now, you should be teachers. But you need somebody to teach you. Again, the first lessons of God's message. You still need the teaching that is like milk. You're not ready for solid food. Paul steps into their growth as believers. And I just think every now and then we ought to be reminded that there is a pace of growth that even just like we grow physically and chronologically, we also ought to be growing, somebody ought to help me here, spiritually. Yeah, you should not be in the same space that you started out with now just like physical growth. People may not be able to observe and see all the growth that you have. You know, if I see, if I see my nephew Chancellor from six months to six months, I may not be able to tell he's really grown an inch. All right? But he has. <laughs> That's the, the, he has grown an inch. 
right? But, but if somebody hadn't seen Chancellor in three years, they're going to see a much more significant growth simply because they haven't been able to see him. It ought be the same way with you spiritually. Yeah, you at least, I'm going to be, you at least ought to have fewer cuss words. I'm not going to say you're supposed to be perfect and have eliminated every one of them. All right, maybe even get some different ones. But there need to be some growth somewhere in the space. Yeah, yeah. If you were cussing 12 times per 24-hour period, you know, maybe if you're down to five, we ought to celebrate. We ought to celebrate. We're moving in the right direction. But if, my friend, you started at 12 and you at 48, some wrong. All right, you doubling down on that. Yeah. In a biological sense, it makes sense. So it makes sense in a spiritual sense. Y'all with me on that? So the writer of this passage of scripture uh, is having a discussion with these readers. And he starts out wanting to talk to them about some serious biblical theology. He wants to talk to them about the superiority of, I mean, the superiority of Jesus Christ as high priest. This is some heady stuff, all right? And he starts into a discussion about trying to explain to them that Jesus is like Melchizedek in the Bible. Oh, he wants to go into a serious theological discussion, and he starts to have that discussion, and then he pulls back and expresses some frustration because even though he wants to have this discussion with them, he said, I want to tell you, but you're not ready to understand this. And because you're not ready to understand it, I've got to pull the discussion all the way back and still have the same basic discussions with you that I've always been having. So in the tone of voice that we see from this writer, he's clearly disappointed. And the reason is that he's disappointed is because by sheer passage of time, no other factor, not only by sheer passage of time, I ought to see some growth. And then when I add to that, the fact that we've given you teaching after teaching, opportunity after opportunity, it begs the question, have you taken advantage of any of that? And perhaps if the answer to that is not in the affirmative or not yes, then we have the source of the problem. That even though I'm making opportunity for you to grow, you're not taking advantage of it. A baby bottle is used to feed infants because they are unable to eat food that's solid, the normal food you and I eat. Yeah. It feeds you. It feeds you. It gives you everything you need, I assure you, up to a point. That bottle has all the nourishment in it that you need. Pretty soon, 
That bottle is not going to hold that baby. How do we know that? Because he started wanting the bottle every hour. <laughs> All right, that lets you know that this ain't working. And so you start supplementing it with something else. Maybe some cereal in the, in the Bible. But for, if, for those of you who don't know, more solid food is introduced to the, to the diet, such as it is with, with church. You start out getting milk in terms of spirituality. Put your hands together. Repeat after me. Now I lay me down to sleep. All right? Bow your head before you eat. We thank you for this food, Lord. This milk. All right? Before long, instead of me leading you, you lead me. I'm introducing more solid opportunities for you. What Paul is saying in, in this letter is, I'm still teaching you now I lay me. When you ought to be leading prayer meetings. And that's a problem. And the problem is this. It's not that they're not getting anything. It's that what they're getting isn't allowing them to grow. Instead of milk they're getting from the bottle, they're getting what we have introduced into our society as a pacifier. Pacifier is the, great, is the worst tool in the world unless you're a parent who needs some, some, some downtime because the pacifier gives no nourishment. It's fooling that baby. Oh, it's fooling the baby. And the pacifiers we have are fooling us too. Yeah, we're getting pacifiers that give us no nourishment. Yeah, and yet they fill us with time. They take time from our day. We're not studying, we're just suckling. That's all. And we're not growing such that we can step into the space and be, as Paul said, by now you ought to be teachers. But because you've been just sucking on that pacifier, you don't feel competent or qualified to step into the place to lead somebody else. Yeah, that visual aid of that pacifier is important because this is what the pacifier does more than anything. It soothes the baby. The baby will go to sleep on the pacifier. Now, in reality, if the baby is really hungry and you give the baby the pacifier, the baby has the illusion of being fed. But in reality, he just went to sleep because he was satisfied. That's what we do. We go and we get things that do not nourish us. And we can, go to, we can be satisfied with it. It'll put us in a place of comfort until you need the energy and the resources that come from actual spiritual food. Just wait till crisis hits. And that's when you realize you haven't been getting nourished, you've been being soothed. That's the complication that we have. The baby is receiving nothing and you aren't receiving anything either. 
And so I came to give you two or three things that I think will help us get past by now that will help us understand. Surely you've lived long enough to know that there are some things, if somebody comes and tells you that you can get something free by now, you got to have enough discernment to realize that rarely in life is anything absolutely, absolutely free. It may be free to you, but sometimes, but it's always going to come at a cost with some, from somebody else. By now, you ought to understand that. Yeah, and by now, you should have realized that of the important things in life, they take something, some kind of effort to put into it when it's important. Important relationships, they take a degree of discipline, they take a degree of giving, sacrifice, the important things in life. Anybody in here ever been truly in love know it doesn't come fly by night. There's some effort you have to put into it and something you have to take. And if you've lived long enough, by now you ought to know that the pacifier ain't going to do it. Some folk messed around and married the pacifier. Yeah, because it soothed them until that new edition song came on. And they couldn't say yes to Can You Stand the Rain. That's the struggle we have. Yeah, but by now, you should know, here we go, back to Hebrews, that you have to practice your faith. You must practice your faith. The writer is deliberate in the analogy of the milk and the meat. Both are necessary. Both are necessary. Um, they simply are useful, use, useful, excuse me, at different times in your life. And as you get older, you may need both, under one circumstance, milk and meat. But you got to know how to discern that. There's a point in time when a baby can't tolerate solid food. Ironically, we learn as we get older, you who once tolerated solid food get to a point where you can't tolerate solid food no more and milk becomes necessary again for you. That's, that's, that's just life. That, that's just life. But hopefully your body has been strengthened enough on solid food that milk can help give you the nourishments you need. Let me see if I can make this plain to you. Man, I, can, I can make it plain from a secular standpoint. People who used to eat steaks every week get to a point in life where they can't have nothing but insure. But the insure is, is equipped to give them all the nourishment they need. In fact, the doctor will prescribe. You need to have two insurance every day. And if you want to, you can put some ice cream in it or something, but you need to have it. Hey, some people get that. I hope I'm one of them. But anyway. <laughs> if you don't, just freeze it. <laughs> yeah. Act like it's a milkshake. That, that's one way you have to do it. 
And people do it that way. But then there are other people who, who can't tolerate that, who have to have other means of getting the nourishment in. The solid food that you need is necessary to, deal, to fortify your physical body for the work that you have to do. You got to learn how to fortify yourself spiritually. You got to learn how to study and read the word of God, not like a theologian, but like you. If you can only understand a verse a day or a week, read a verse or a day a week. That's all. But you also need to put yourself in a place where somebody who knows more about the word of God than you can tell you about the word of God. Okay? That's simply called teaching. That's all. You got to put yourself in that place. The baby's going to grow and develop the capacity to tolerate solid food. And if you go by just my simple uh, uh, instruction of a verse a week or a verse a day, you're going to grow in that way too. If you've been a believer uh, in, in 20 years, by now you ought to have at least one verse that you, can, you have memorized and you can say to yourself whenever you're in a, str a stressful situation. It don't even have to make sense to other people when you say it. But you need to be able to call on the word of God in those circumstances so that you are connected to that spirituality and you can deal with it. It may be that the closest one you can learn is Jesus' will. Learn it. Memorize it. Know it. But I've, I know plenty of folk have sat in, in meetings with their bosses when it was stressful. And the bosses don't know that in, the mind, in their mind they're saying, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. They say it to themselves because I studied this. I've grown. I understand that God has not given me a spirit of fear. You don't have to pull your Bible out in the meeting and read it to them. All you do is draw it back to your memory. You don't have to move your lips while you're saying it, but that's how you grow spiritually. Yeah, how do you learn that? How do you learn that? You take a piece of paper and you write it down and you take some tape and you put it on your bathroom mirror and every morning when you're brushing your teeth, you read it. That's how you memorize the Bible verse. And when you memorize that one, you take that one down and you put another one up. Nobody knows what's going on in your house but you. But you are, you're growing. And that's how we grow spiritually. All right? Some folk boast that they've been in the church for 20, 30 years, but they can't even quote one verse of the Bible. Never do they quote a verse of the Bible, and that is not a knock on the church. That means that you're failing to thrive in the environment that you find yourself in. And the reason is you have to simply practice. You have to simply practice. You can tell when people can't, don't pray a lot privately because they struggle praying publicly. 
You don't want to hear me on that one. Yeah, you have to practice praying by yourself. And I'm telling you this now, if you're in a place and you have practiced praying by yourself, if somebody ever asks you to pray publicly, don't be nervous. Just close your eyes and act like you're praying by yourself. Because you're not praying to the folk in the room anyway. Alright? Just say the prayer as if it was you and the Lord only in your house and that's how you do it. You don't have to be nervous under those circumstances. But if you have lived your life such that the folk you work around, you are around, know you're a believer, at some point they're going to call on you to lead them in that space. And as you grow, you ought to be willing to deal with us. Some of us are being undernourished spiritually, and it shows because you have adult issues, but you try to deal with them with baby faith. All right? It ain't baby fat, that's baby faith. All right? You got marital strife, but you got baby faith. All right? He may be a good dude. You may be a good woman, but you keep trying to solve your problems from a physical, secular standpoint when you could grow together spiritually and save your marriage. But you still keep trying to do things in a way that does not benefit. Marriage, in order to be successful, requires three parties. All right? You, them, and the Lord. Alright? Because you and them ain't going to agree on some stuff. But the Lord is a bridge to understanding. Not only that, when he is in your life, he brings you peace in times when you would be having discord. Yeah, you, I should be mad at you. But I'm in here watching TV and I ain't mad. And before long, we start talking about toasting and eating. And the Lord has just let us walk around this issue that we were having trouble with. And we're now talking about the issue without any complications. But if I stay in the flesh, then anger, frustration, all those other issues are going to be paramount because the Lord comes in and he brings you not peace as the world knows it, scripture. He brings you his peace. And his peace surpasses understanding. You don't understand why you come. But that's because it takes him to bind you together and keep you together. Yeah, your immature prayer life is not sustaining you. That's how you know you haven't grown. By now, you should be praying stronger than you are. You should be praying for somebody other than yourself. You want to learn how to pray? Pray for everybody in your family and don't call your own name. You want to learn how to pray? Pray for everybody in your church. It's hard to stay mad at folk when you're praying for them. You want to learn how to pray? Adopt this as a habit. Whenever you see somebody who's struggling with something and they have the nerve to say to you, pray for me. Stop right then and pray for them. Don't say, next time, when I pray, I'm going to call your name. 
right then and pray for them. And guess what? You don't have to bear hug them. You don't have to do anything. You can simply stop doing what you're doing and go to the Lord in prayer for them and move on. They don't even have to know you prayed for them. But you will have started a process to start growing in your prayer. Yeah. Now I lay me down to sleep is not mature enough prayer to help you deal with some of the issues that you got to deal with all night. I came to tell you, now I lay me down to sleep is good when I'm a toddler because I ain't got nothing on my mind. All right. But now I lay me down to sleep ain't going to help me fight through them bills. Ain't going to help me fight through the health problems I got. Ain't going to help me stay asleep all night instead of getting up every three hours. I need the Lord to help bring me some peace at night. And now I lay me ain't going to quite do it. And so you got to learn how to grow uh, beyond that. You shouldn't be 10 years in the church and still afraid to tell somebody you love the Lord. That, that, that shouldn't happen, right? So by now you ought to know that you got to practice your faith. Not only that, by now you should know that discipline is a sign of maturity. Discipline is a sign of maturity. We have vilified, Pam, discipline in the church. We think people who are disciplined are holy rollers. They're not. They're just disciplined. That's all. You, you don't have to be holy rollers just to pray regularly or to ask the Lord to bless people. That's not what it is. Stop seeing people who are more mature than you are spiritually and thinking they're trying to be holier than thou. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they are holier than where we are right now. But that's not a bad thing. Lord, please surround me with folk trying to be holy. I would rather be around them than folk trying to be hellish. And yet we feel more comfortable around folk who laughingly say, I know I'm going to hell. People say that all the time, never knowing what they're actually saying. You better stop your friends from joking about going to hell. Yeah, because... And thank God they don't have a heaven or hell to put themselves in themselves into. And then tell them about a better way. What they're really saying is life is too hard for me to try to do things different. And so let's talk to them about something different. By now, your discipline ought to give you away as a growing, a growing believer in Christ Jesus. By now, it shouldn't matter who else goes to a meeting just to make sure you get there. By now, it shouldn't matter who else is singing that Sunday. It shouldn't matter. By now, it shouldn't matter which preacher is preaching. By now. Yeah. Not only that, by now, you should serve. Here you go. Not just because you're willing. You should serve because you're able to. Which means that sometimes you ought to do some things that I don't feel like doing this. But I know it needs to be done. And I'm going to step up to the plate. And I can tell you right now, anybody I've seen that's grown in the Lord, I find them doing sacrificial things all the time. Because I've been trying to figure out, is Sunday afternoon different for me than it is for everybody else? 
mean, because I want to get out of church and go do stuff on Sunday afternoon too. I want to go to the restaurant too on Sunday afternoon. And yet, I find that there are things that need to be done in and around here. And so there's some sacrifice that needs to be made. Whenever I see us having to support a family that's experiencing death, and I see people show up, it's a Saturday for them too. And yet they come early and they stay until everything is taken care of. That's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. And I'm not saying that what you have to do isn't important, but every now and then taking care of our other believers and our other members takes priority to what else was important to me. And it doesn't matter if all you do is come. You say, well, I don't usher, I don't sing in the choir. Sometimes just being here helps. I'm coming in, I'll help serve. I'm coming in, I'll help support the family in whatever way I can. Because when the tables are turned, there is an expectation that people are going to sacrifice and come and support you in that space. And you're right, some people will do that. By Jesus' example, we learn that you don't just serve because you are willing. Jesus came because he was the only one who was, who was able to save us from the mess we had gotten ourselves into. So we got to get out of the, I do what I want to do. And sometimes we need to let be our, mantra, be our motto, I do what needs to be done. And when I can do that, that's going to be helpful. If you got a baby and the baby needs his diaper chain and you're the only adult, ain't no taking no votes. Tag, you're it. That's if you want the baby to continue to stay healthy and for everything to be all right. And it ain't because you're willing, it's because you're able. Yeah, serving others is simply a part of a mature believer. That's all. It's being a part of a mature believer when you serve somebody else. Now you know by you know by now why Christ died for you. You should know that as the foundation of your faith. By now you need to know that he came to live with us as a baby. But a baby couldn't save us. By now you should know that the baby grew up. By now you should know that the baby who grew up did all sorts of amazing things uh, in scripture until he was 33 years old. In fact, I don't know why, but by now you ought to know, we don't really know what Jesus did from the time he was about 12 until he was about 30 years old because the Bible is silent on Jesus' life during that 18-year period of time. But when he was about 30, he burst on the scene and started calling disciples. By now, you ought to know some of the things that his disciples did. Yeah, by now you should know that even though he didn't do anything wrong, they arrested him and they crucified him. By now, you should know that it was the church leadership at the time that called for Jesus to be crucified. Yeah, by now you should know that even though he had the ability to call on his father, he was able to do it. But he didn't do it because he loved you and me enough to go through the whole process, which is why we say he stayed on the cross. 
right? He stayed on the cross. By now, you ought to know that. You also should know by now that they took his body and they put it in a, you hear preachers say it all the time, a borrowed tomb. Yeah, that's because he didn't have the ability to do any pre-need planning for his funeral. Even though he knew he was going to die, he didn't do that. And so some of his friends who already had a tomb gave him one. That's why it was a borrowed tomb. By now you ought to know that his tomb stayed, we say three days, but it's three days by how they count in the Bible, Friday night, Saturday night, and then he arose. We sung that song. We don't sing it no more. He arose on Sunday morning. By now, you ought to know that. And if you were not a mature Christian, you would be sad. But the reason why we call it good news is because a mature Christian knows by now that he didn't stay dead. He arose, and that's what we call the resurrection. It's not the end of the story, what happened on the cross. It's the beginning of the story you and I know we can have forever because he, got, he was resurrected from the tomb. By now, you ought to know that early, as the preacher said, Sunday morning. Early Sunday morning. That somebody went to the tomb looking for his body. And he wasn't there anymore. Yeah, in fact, he was there, not as a ghost, but in the flesh. He let people touch him. He talked to folk. He ate with folk. He walked with folk. By now, you ought to be able to tell pieces of this story, even if you can't get the whole thing together. And it ought to be enough for you to be sure that you know that Jesus Christ is alive and by now you ought to know that one of those days after he was resurrected he was standing there talking to his disciples and he went back to heaven in a cloud we call that cloud the Shekinah glory he went back to heaven and he said he would be back to get us one day and by now you ought to be mature enough to get up in the morning and wonder if the Lord is going to come get us today because he's coming back one day. How many of y'all know that he's coming back one day? Yeah, I know he's coming back one day. How can I be assured that he's coming back one day? Because he came the first time. The fact that he came the first time gives me assurance that he's coming back again. And so what you want to do is tell everybody you know. Every friend, every foe, because you want everybody to be in forever with us and as long as they believe in what he did then they too can have eternal life I love the fact that this is a continuing story when the kids were growing up there was a song that used to get into our heads from a movie they saw called never ending story never ending story and guess what this is y'all by now you ought to know that if you know Jesus Christ and you believe in what he's done, then this is a never-ending story. It's forever. And I love forever. I want forever in my story. Yeah, do you want forever in your story? If you want forever in your story, then you need to connect yourself to the one who can make forever available to you, and his name is Jesus Christ. And you've learned today that he's the one 
who can give you eternal life, but you've never made that public acknowledgement, then today is the day I invite you to make that acknowledgement. Right now. Right now. Today is the day. We've been waiting on you to come. Today is the day for you to join into a family of believers. That's what we are. Family of believers. We invite you to become a part of this church family, of Jesus' family. Go with our church a while. Not just a candidate for baptism, but maybe someone who is looking for a new church. The doors are open for you too. Yeah. Come to Jesus. Come on now. Help us.